Hey, welcome to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast, where we are bringing lordship to life. And what we mean by that is the lordship of Jesus Christ, his rule, his reign, his absolute authority over every dimension of our lives by virtue of the fact that he is our creator and he's also our redeemer. That gives him a double authority uh, to speak into all of reality, not just Christian reality, church reality, but Jesus is the king of all kings. He's the Lord of all lords. That's a pretty bold claim uh, that, that the gospel makes. It's an audacious claim. It is a comprehensive claim. It, it is huge in its, in its authority and its impact. And the challenge that we have every week in this podcast is to let you know that this is, I love the way Luke says it, it's the good news of great joy for all people. Again, that is an amazing claim. Jesus Christ's Lordship is good news of great joy for all people, and that's the gospel. And so we're uh, striving today, as in every other podcast, to connect those dots for you so that we see that there are no compartments in the Christian life. Uh, Jesus Christ speaks to our marriages, our families, the marketplace, government, uh, government policy, finances, economics. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. If there's anything you can think about reality, Jesus Christ has something to say about it, and he's the author and he's the Lord over it. So that's good news, and we offer that good news to you today. And, and, uh, you know, Pastor Andrew, we've been We've been sharing from a wonderful book by Dr. Henry Cloud called Integrity, uh, and we've talked about a couple of um, principles on integrity. But talk, let's talk about why do we yeah. why do we choose this uh, yeah. book in the first place, and why do we feel like this is so important as it relates to our you know our lives as Christians and, and yeah. discipleship? In and exactly. This this podcast is about discipleship. You know, and discipleship is in essence growing. We're supposed to become more like Jesus yeah. every day. And Jesus, in my understanding, in my opinion, is the greatest leader in the history Absolutely. of mankind. And he's still the greatest leader. But his time on earth was demonstrating such great level of effectiveness, a great level of uh, building trust, great level of just leadership in general. And I, what I love about Henry Cloud's book is really breaks down these very um, um, lofty terms into right. practical things that we can learn to grow. You know, and, and it's a process. And, uh, and one thing I think he said, or somewhere else, uh, I, I don't know, I think it was John Elders, he talks about how Jesus had to go through a process of development and growth. Right. Jesus didn't just come on earth as a fully grown man. Yeah. And, 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 and I think was, the difference here is we're, we're not talking about Jesus growing to be less of a sinner. Obviously, Jesus had no sin. Jesus uh, character was perfect, but there's a natural biological process in life. You know, the, uh, the Hebrews writer says Jesus learned obedience through the things he yeah. suffered. That's not to suggest that Jesus ever had disobedience or that he had to learn how to obey. Yeah. We're not talking about the sin aspect. Right. We're talking about the development. We're talking. Process. Yeah, we're saying that in in life, yeah, there are processes we all go through to reach full maturity, and yeah. Jesus went through the same process. Well, Jesus could have came right as a thirty year old man on Earth. No, he was born in a manger. Yeah. He went through thirty years of Working probably as, with a, as a carpenter or his father, he had to go through 40 days of wilderness of temptations, you know? He had to go through all the different things. Baptized by John the Baptist, he submitted himself to the process that God has instilled in place. How much more should we submit ourselves to a leadership development process? That's kind of my point, you know? Yeah, no, and that's that's so good. If Jesus could humble himself to the place of being conceived in the womb of a virgin, yeah. going through the birth canal after nine months in the mother's womb, and then going through all the ups and downs and the ins and outs, the challenges, you know, the Bible yeah. says Jesus tempted in all ways 
uh, and yet without sin. He's a high priest who understands our weaknesses. So yeah. that's really what we're dealing with is how do we go through this process of becoming whole, which is what that word integrity Germany, means. Yeah. It means wholeness. Um, and it means more than just, you know, are you telling the truth? Yes, you know, it, it, there's something deeper to this process of integrity that that this book really fleshes out. Yeah. Uh, and, and so we've talked about two of the components already now. Uh, re, for those who are maybe tuning in today for the first time or maybe missed the last two, which we encourage you to go on back and, and check that out. But just talk about the two we've covered yeah, so far. And, and it's interesting because we often say, oh, this person is a good leader or this one uh, doesn't have that much leadership in them. And again, these are just terms we throw out. Right. Henry Cloud really kind of defines that to help us really understand what does it mean to be a good leader. In my opinion, at least, the first uh, characteristic or, or aspect of integrity he talked about is building trust. Yeah. And again, to be a leader, especially in the, in, in the kingdom of God, without coercion or manipulation or fear or all those nasty stuff, yeah. to truly lead people, you need to build trust. So he yeah. teaches us how so, do we actually... So the leader with integrity mm -hmm. means that people can count on them, know that know that their uh, their word is their... Is their bond, you know, yeah. uh, knows that they have their best interests in mind, knows that they care about right. me as, as somebody that's following their leadership. Right. And when they have integrity, I have a high degree of trust in following them. Right. right. He talks about, like, for someone to follow you because they truly trust you, like, you need to build empathy. Like, very practical uh, step is actually sit down and listen to them and not just talk, not just, like, talk over them, not just think about how you respond, yeah. but try to get into their seat and understand where they're coming from. That's the first step in building trust. I mean, that's super practical. And, and this is yeah. when it comes in terms of how we do ministry here at Living Stones, just for yeah. someone who, who might be watching, we're really going through a, a shift in a, in a concrete, intentional way. You know, we really believe we want to see, we're not here to use people to accomplish some ministry in. We're here really to grow people and to help people understand who they are in Christ, help them understand how they've been created, and really launch them into their sweet spot. So it's not about me or about you or about yeah. the institution, Living Stones Church. It's really about uh, teaching our leaders to, to listen, to love well, to, to, to see who it is that, they, that God's put under their care, yeah. to nurture these people and really help them, you know, become all that they were meant yeah, to be. You're inviting them not to a task, but you're inviting them to a, a greater growth in leadership. A relationship. A right. relationship with you too, right. Absolutely. So so that's, so. A, that's a powerful principle of learning how to instill trust, especially, you know, if you're in a, a not-for-profit setting, you don't have all the leverage that corporate America has. Where, hey, follow us and do a good job and we're going to give you this mega bonus or we're going to give you this right. uh, pay all paid vacation. I mean, that, that that kind of stuff, that's not the world in which we live. So yeah. in the kingdom of God, and when you're leading and discipling people, trust is the currency of the kingdom. And 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 to, to learn how to develop that is huge if you're going to be successful. I would even venture the best way to incentivize somebody is not actually money or material goods or promotion, but it's actually trust and, and, a, and a worthy vision, yeah. which which the kingdom of God offers. Yes, so, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. So first one was how to, how to create or, or establish trust. What's the second one? Second one is your ability to face reality as it is, not the way you want it to be, but as it actually is. Right. Yeah. And that's painful. It's scary. Uh, it's hard to do. Yeah. It's, it, it's certainly impossible to do by yourself because we all have Can't blind spots. Yeah. We're selfish by nature. We're fallen. We tend to view things better than things really are because we, we're insecure. I mean, I mean, this is a mess yeah. <laughs> to, to face reality and to and to, and to develop 
the quality of self-awareness, which we said, you know, you're never going to achieve who you were called to be in Christ if you're not looking at yourself honestly and realizing, you know, we're none of us are Jesus. We have strengths, we have gifts, we have abilities, and then we also have weaknesses. And and learning to see yourself accurately uh, and to see reality as it really is is huge. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so we talked about that last episode. Some really really good good stuff. Let's move to the third point. Yeah. Uh, and what are we going to talk about today? Today we talk about the characteristics that allows you to produce results. Sounds so simple. Produce results. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the key that Henry Cloud was saying that you can work. You can you can be a nice guy. An honest guy, a hardworking guy, and don't produce great results. And, and how does that tie back into integrity? Yeah, you know, because because for instance, if we said, "Hey, Andrew is a hardworking yeah. young man," yeah. you know, that would be considered. Hey, he's got he's got great integrity. Right. That's an amazing quality, hardworking. But well, what Cloud is saying, what you're saying is, you can work hard all your life and still not produce maximum outcomes. Yeah. And, and and let's let's get into that kind of unpackage that today. Yeah, because this is important producing great results. I mean, if you work hard, you produce a level of results. But yeah. to talk about fulfilling all your potential, like God gave you five talents, you want to give ten talents back. So, like, so working hard is better than being like the Bible says the uh, the sluggard, the sure, lazy sure, man. Right. You know that that person. We right. all we all realize that person's not going to produce results. Right. But we're that's that's gonna, the no brainer. Yeah, we're not even talking about we're that. We're talking right. about the good hearted person. That, that works hard, shows up every day, puts in their their time at yep. work. They're not sloughing off, right. um, and yet still, he's saying there's there's a you can do all that and still not be successful, not be reach your full potential yep. because it gets a little bit more complicated than that. And he actually said this is an integrity issue, you know. But he starts off by saying that the people who produce maximum results have a keen awareness of their own strength and weaknesses. Now. I have to distinguish this. I was talking about young people. There's a difference between your strength and weakness in terms of your character, as in like the fruit of the spirit. You got to work on all of those. Don't get me wrong. So like, you can't be like, well, my strength is not patient, so I'm going to just leave that alone. Or I'm not great at loving, so I'm going to just like So we're not talking about uh, character, godly character, which is non-negotiable. We we need to work. If we're we're impatient or we're angry, you got to work. I mean, you got to work on all of those. There's no excuse here. But what we're talking about is your gifts. And gifts, as the, like the the worst indicates, is a is a gift from God. Like I I can't manufacture gifts, so certain gifts we've been given, and certain gifts we haven't been given. Now, now as a pastor, I've seen this. We're talking about self awareness again. Yeah. I've seen incredible blind spots for people. You know, you got the person that I want to be on the worship team. It's kind of like the you know trying to market the the dog food, but the dogs yeah. don't like it. Right. Do you do you understand music? Uh, can you read music? Can you play an instrument? Can't do you have a good voice? You know, I mean, some people again, they what they see themselves as they hope hope they are and what yeah. they are are miles apart. Or I remember right. another person, a guy said, "I'm called to preach the gospel to the nations," um, but he couldn't keep a job and he couldn't lead his family. Yeah, but he's called to the nations. So the point is that the gap between who they see themselves and who they really are is so big, right. they're never going to be successful in the kingdom until right. that gap gets closed. Absolutely. And, and for us to realize our strength and our weakness, there's a degree of, I would say, small-scale experimentation that needs to happen within our realm. And and I was speaking to a bunch of young people because I was telling them right now, before you had a mortgage, before you have 
you know, some of you guys are marriage and kids. Yeah. This is actually the best time for you to take some risk because this is where you get to find your strength and your weakness. A lot of times when you do something, you find that you don't like it. You're like, that's a waste of time. It's not a waste of time. Or, you're, you're practicing what you don't know. You're that, learning what you don't know. And yeah. that's some great, you know, you, there's there's a less um, downside because there's less people involved in your, yep. your risk taking. Yeah. The other thing is that I think it's important, especially for young people that mm-hmm. age, is sometimes they've received their script, you know, yep. from somebody else who once, you know, maybe, they, maybe they're very artistic, but they had a father that said, oh, you can't make any money there. Or, you know, I've heard people say, um, yeah, I really want to work with kids. I'd I love to teach. Oh, there's no money there. Yeah. Uh, I really love to create, you know, music or whatever. Oh, there's no money there. So in American right. culture, because we, we idolize material things, yeah. uh, many times somebody's, the dreams of their heart have been shut down because they, they received yeah. a script from dad or mom or whatever. that says, yeah. oh, no, no, you need to do this. Um, and and so they're living really a lie because they've never really they've never pursued who God's called right. them to be. And I think just as you said, that time period, that young adult time period, is is critical to seize that to yeah. really gain self awareness. And and this is an integrity issue because you know taking risks, you know not crazy risks, but you know yeah. calculated risks to to learn your strength and weakness does take integrity. You know, for, for me, like I have always thought myself, I boxed myself in as a math and science guy. So when I was in college, all I took is math and science class. Which by the way, when you stayed at my house for a season and helped my kids with their math, <laughs> yeah. I'm, so that's still one forever, thing I can I'm do, forever grateful to you I can, for that. I can do math homework and chemistry homework. But looking back right, right now, I realize my biggest strength and my biggest interest is not in math and science. In fact, I'm not that great in math and science. It's in other but, but things. But that was where you found your identity, identity growing up. I found my identity in that. I was afraid to venture out. I wish I took some philosophy classes, economic classes, some business courses, yeah. you know, whatever. But the point is, like, because of that lack of integrity for me to venture out, Right. Uh, to take some risk. To and you, you know, by, when, I you know your it, testimony. Yeah. Uh, there were hurts you went through, rejection, pain. You know, and again, that gets into the, just life, sure. the, the the bumps and bruises along the way, which I guess further insulated you in your cocoon. Because sure. why in the world do I want to risk out in somewhere where I'm going to get hurt again, right. or you know, where I think I might right. uh, get shot down or rejected? Absolutely. So the point of all this is knowing your gifts and your weaknesses is an integrity issue. It's a heart issue. It's an emotional issue. It's a it's a upbringing issue. It's a support yeah. issue. It's, it's so and but we can we can um, we can grow in this area. We yeah. can venture out and say, hey, I, I want to practice and learn my strength and my weaknesses. Yeah, that's so, good. Yeah. So so Henry Henry Cloud gives a, a, the old illustration mm-hmm. of ready. And that's so good, yeah. Fire. So, yeah. in other words, there's a target out there. You've got a gun or a bow and arrow, whatever your your weapon is, and and your job is to ready yourself to take aim and fire so you hit the target. In other words, you you achieve maximum success, maximum effectiveness yeah. with your life. Yeah. So let, let's break those down. Yeah. Talk about ready. You know, what what is the whole notion behind readiness? Why is it so important? Yeah, readiness is so important. You know, the Bible talks about it. You know, Jesus says, hey, before you go to war, make sure you got enough people to win. Before you build a tower, make sure you got enough resources. Yeah. Or you're going to look like a fool. Yeah. Right? Jesus talked about how we need to be ready. And and this really talks about the the character of uh, uh, practicing delay gratification. 
You know, and we can get into all all kind of studies about all those different things. But I mean, there's a study that shows uh, when you when you look at a kid, a child, and you measure their ability You're looking to practice for pre predictive uh, uh, qualities that predict lead to success. Success. Their ability to practice delayed gratification is more predictive of their results than even their IQ. And again, look, look, look at what's even happening right now mm -hmm. uh, with high profile politicians. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you've got people that are incredibly gifted in terms of intellect. They've gone to Ivy League schools, received their training. They're well-connected. Um, they're top of their class. And yet they're dropping like flies because they cannot control either their sexual appetite yeah. or their pride or other carnal appetites. And so, you know, they're, su they're, they're successful in terms of IQ, but the end result is uh, on the grand scheme of things, they've been me mega failures because they can't, they have no impulse control. Impulse control, and that's the key. Impulse, impulse control. Now, how many people you know who bought a car uh, before they say dump no money. They and couldn't they, afford it. And then yeah. They couldn't afford a house yep. or start a business. Or, or how about this one? We, we hear this all the time. A, a young couple will spend more time planning their honeymoon than they will planning their marriage. Yeah. Uh, they don't do any any work or very little work and yeah. really facing the reality of yeah. what successful marriage takes. So we talk about you know, looking at uh, expectations, marital expectations, uh, personality differences, uh, goals, how many kids, you know, uh, all those, who's gonna make this decision, that decision, sexual expectations. I mean, the list goes on and on. And by the way, we have given a plug here for not only our marriage class, but for our premarital counseling, which yeah. is outstanding. We encourage every couple before they get married to prepare for that marriage. And that, that preparation sometimes though is, detailed, it's slow, it, it exposes some things, it's hard sometimes, yeah. and yet the ability to delay gratification, to prepare for your future is really, really important. Well, I tell young people this all the time, like when you start getting into any romantic relationship, you have to build trust before you build intimacy. You cannot build int intimacy above your trust, then you're doomed to to, to really mess up that relationship. Yeah. But building trust, like we said in the first characteristic, takes energy, takes effort, you know? And building romanticism, building intimacy is fun, and people dive headfirst into building uh, intimacy, you know? But their the infrastructure to the, their relationship, which is the trust is, you know, this high, but their their intimacy is this high, and then of course the whole thing topples over. Yeah. But, but so to have a successful relationship, you need to practice delay gratification. In church, we say self-control, you know, yep. dying to self. Now you know? have a beautiful daughter and someday you'll be confronting the realities I am facing right now. I have yep. four wonderful daughters, gorgeous gals, uh, and I have young men who are interested in sweeping them off their feet mm -hmm. and becoming Prince Charming. And many times when we have discussions, the discussions as as things move on it, or, is more like this. You know, I don't care how cute you are. <laughs> I don't care what car you drive. I don't care any of those things. What I care is, do, do you have the integrity yeah. and the maturity and the emotional maturity to begin to realistically prepare for the privilege of asking for my daughter's hand in marriage? Because I want to see that your marriage is successful, that you have a vision for your life, that you're self-aware, that yeah. you know what your gifts are. I want to see that you've done the hard work of preparation. Like, like where are you in debt? Do you have a job? Are yeah. you pursuing a career? Um, how are you going to provide for my daughter? In other yeah. words, I could care less if you're a good kisser, all right? <laughs> I want you... Uh, I want you to have done the hardware. I want yeah. to see the integrity in your life 
that you are making concrete plans to have a successful marriage with my kid, right. my daughter. Well, everything that's worth achieving in life requires you to go through the boring stuff. Yeah. From be a doctor, you have to study for the MCATs. I mean, the boring stuff, you know? Yeah, you fact, want- I, I was roommates with a doctor, and he wasn't the one out you know, playing frisbee and laying on the beach during yeah. spring. He was in his room studying so, and working really hard yeah. to prepare for that calling. That's reality. You want to be in great shape. You want a six-pack six abs. You got to be doing your crunches, you know? So those are the basic examples. But can understand. I just tell you, I'd rather have the guy chasing my daughter who's uh, in his room studying than working on the six-pack abs. Right. At the end of the day, hey, the man, the, the dad bod's coming, all right? I could care less about your abs. In other words, you focus on what yeah. on reality and facing reality is what what does God expect of me? Who am I? And what does He call me to do? And how can I be successful? Yeah, and we, and we got to apply that in all areas of our life. If you want to get results, you need to practice ready, ready before you before you go. Yeah. So slow down. You know, and I'd say this to folks that are single right now. Uh, you know what? Prepare. If you have a dream in your heart for marriage, be preparing yourself for marriage. Grow. Don't be paralyzed. Grow. Work on your character. Not that you're you have a character problem. I'm not suggesting that, but I'm just right. saying, keep developing who God's made you to be. Keep. Don't wait for for marriage to complete you or whatever. Right. Be the individual. Be the single person God's called you to be, and be the best version of you that you can possibly be while you wait for that dream to come. Yeah. Around. If you if you want to be an entrepreneur, if you want to be a leader in the church, you know, don't wait on us. Don't wait on God. Like. Go and there's so much resource, you know. Go find a mentor. Yeah. Go read a book. Go watch a couple yeah. YouTube videos. I you love know? you. Bring up, you know, some people are called to be entrepreneurs. This kind of gets back to facing reality. Yeah. Some people are terrible entrepreneurs. They need to work for somebody else in the area of their strength. And mm-hmm. so again, figuring out who you are, uh, that self awareness is huge uh, in the area of integrity. So let, let's talk about again. What we talked about readiness, getting ready, working with impulse control. Yeah. Getting into the nitty gritties, um, developing skill, delayed gratification, all of these things are really, really huge. So I don't know if we want to hit on any any more on no, that. I think we're good. But yeah. Let's talk about aiming. Yeah, aiming, um, focus, focus. You know, I, I preached a few weeks ago, Psalm twenty-seven. David said, "This one thing." You know, mm-hmm. when he says this one thing. He's saying, you know what, out of all the things that I love to do, this is the most important thing. And his one thing was to dwell in the house of the Lord, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. In other words, uh, David understood that intimacy with God is priority number one. Now, talk about impulse control. I I have a funny story, and I know you do too. Um, Marion and I took uh, one of our grandkids who was celebrating his third birthday, and we took him to the store to let him pick his own gift. And it was hilarious because we got to the first aisle mm-hmm. and he said, ah, you know, Papa, I want I want this. And I said, well, hold on. That's a great choice. Uh, but why don't we walk through the toy section and why don't you get a, a greater vision of what's out there and then figure out what you really, really want. Because yeah. this was the first thing that you saw. Right. And it was hilarious because we took a few more steps and he said, no, no, I, I, I want this right here. I really want this. I said, okay, well, let's <coughs> let's finish this aisle. Well, you could imagine we had probably, you know, we went down this serpentine <laughs> fashion times. Yeah, yeah. up three or four aisles. And it was hilarious because the the gift that he wanted that was so passionate, mm-hmm. you know, on aisle one became right. a, a, you know. A, a, afterthought. An afterthought on aisle two. Yeah. And it really showed me how, 
you know, when you go through life as an adult and you jump from, you know, like you have spiritual ADD, you go from one thing that you're focused on, and then next thing, oh, no, no, this is what I really want. Oh, no, this is what I really want. You know, you're setting yourself up for incredible failure because your focus is terrible. And, and this characteristic is, is it's very simple if you think about it. If I have A, then I cannot have B. I cannot have A and B at the same time. And we, if we do, if I try to have A and B, I would do both really terribly. So I'm just, I'm just going to focus on A. I mean, that's so simple, right? Yeah, yeah. But so many of us uh, struggle with this because we want to have it all. Yeah. And this is the characteristic saying focus is so important because you can't have it. You got to embrace your boundary. You can't have it all. And, and the, uh, the idea of aiming, you know, um, people talk about this in prayer. You know, maybe you can, I, I know I can relate. You start to pray. All of a sudden, this thought pops into your mind, and now you're thinking about your social media. Yep. This thought, oh, I checked my email. Oh, oh my gosh. Now you're thinking about the three people that just texted you, and you start to get back and pray again, and oh, yeah. I can't forget, I got to pay the water bill. You're bombarded with, like I, said, I use it again, spiritual ADD. Yeah. Your whole goal is to focus on the one thing, on Jesus, seek first the kingdom, and spend time with the Lord, and read your word. But if you're not careful, you're, you're so distracted by all the other demands of life that you, you don't achieve your goal. And the same thing happens in your career. Uh, you're, you're chasing this rabbit, you're chasing that rabbit, and in doing so, you come right. up empty-handed. Yeah, and about my son, I used to do the same thing with my son. And um, I, I actually use this as a, as a tool because my son would want to pick, when he was younger, he wanted to pick a toy that I, I don't want him to pick because... <laughs> like those toys with a thousand uh, little pieces. I know, who's going to pick it up? I got to. So, so what I would do, I'll be like, hey, look what's over here. And he'll be like, oh, wow. But the point I realized... Get away from that, yeah, that toy that's going to cause distract me. him. Yeah, I know how much pain it's going to cause me. Well, but, but there was one time I realized my son hit maturity was when he wanted this toy, and then we went to somewhere else and looked at everything else, he's like, no, I still want that original first one. Wow. That's so when I realized, process the he's able to yeah, yep. process the options and realize, you know what, this is, because th there's a principle here I wanna share, it's called a threshold principle. Threshold principle. This is the whole idea, like boiling water, okay, water doesn't boil until you get to 212 Fahrenheit, right? Right. So imagine if you're boiling water, you keep boiling until it gets 211, but then you turn off the flame. And you let it cool it off. And then tomorrow you come and you boil it to 211 again. And you do that for a thousand years. How much energy did you use on that? Time and energy did you right. use and get no results? Whereas if for one time, if you just focus and you boil it all the way to 212, you will get, that's called a threshold principle. I can, I can hit a board really hard and chop it in half, or I can tap it a million times and make no impact. Wow. That's the power of aiming and focus. And the power of focus. Yeah. You talk about a water dripping can actually change. Uh, focus. Yeah. You know, can, can, can reshape a rock. Yeah. Just the continual focus on that same thing over and over again. And yet you yeah. talk about like a rain shower, a gentle rain shower. Yeah. A million more, uh, in terms of quantity right. and yet no, no focus no focus and right. no power right um and, and we see this again uh, all the all the time in our lives in our personal lives in our work lives uh you're going to do this task but you get distracted uh, you know go to the gym people never reach the threshold of feeling good or of building muscle or of losing weight because they get to 211 right. and instead of 212 they feel some pain in their legs the next day or they're tired or they're gonna now they're gonna chase another rabbit and um 
they, they never have the aiming ability. They Absolutely. Never, they, they, don't, they don't know what the target is. And this, is, again, goes back to the characteristic of recognizing that we all have boundaries. I can't do it all. God God made human beings with boundaries. Like, mm. The whole idea of the Sabbath is a boundary, right? right. It's saying, hey, you're, you're supposed to work six days right. and rest on the seventh day. Right. That's a boundary. I'm a natural boundary. I yeah, gave we're, you. we're not supermen, superwomen. We're not supposed we, to be. We don't have unlimited strength, time, energy, whatever. And, and the fact if we're too diluted and talk a little bit about that you know sometimes uh, you try to be all things all people yeah. and this is this is especially true for people who are are lovers of Jesus right because we're supposed to care for people we're supposed to love people and yet sometimes i think that false view of reality i can be all things all people all the time really destroys our effectiveness because we make promises we can't keep yeah. we we try to do too much. We try to be everywhere at once. And you know, I've had to learn this uh, as a pastor. In my heart, do I want to go have lunch with everybody in the church? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I love I love people. I, I'd love to, to know everybody yeah. intimately. The fact of the matter is you just can't do that. And that's why we have life groups. And that's why we have associate pastors. And, you know, and that's why we have a team concept of ministry. And, and I, I just realized, you know, I've only got so many hours a day. What's my focus? What do I do well? What, and you've helped me with this, what, where, how am I most valuable, you know, to our family at Living Stones yeah. and, and learning, and it's hard learning how to say no to just certain things that, that you know you just can't do. Mm -hmm. Is part of the key to success. Focus, focus, focus. I see Amy. so many young people coming, chatting with them, helping them grow, helping them find their effectiveness. You know, again, when you're younger, when you're not married, you don't have kids. Uh, compared to us, you have a lot more time. But they seem to keep going around the mountain and without getting anything done. And yeah. when I really dig into their schedule, I realize there's a lack of focus. There's a lack of discipline. They they want to do everything. Versus just saying, hey, you know what? I need to hit threshold on just one thing because that one thing can make me really successful. But I can, but I'm trying to do five things and not hit threshold on any of them, and I end up just exhausting myself yeah. without accomplishing results and being frustrated. So, yeah, being yeah. frustrated. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, the whole area of, of who who are you? What are you after? What's the most important thing? And, and let me just say, this is all part of that preparation process. Well, yeah. this is hard to do. Uh, this requires that we really wrestle with some things, that we really wrestle with who we are. Sometimes when, when, when it comes to calling people, like, I have no idea what I want to do. Well, it's hard to put the brakes on and say, well, I, I need to stop here and yeah. I need to really think about this. In other words, we don't want life just to happen to us. Yeah. We want to be proactive. We want to know what's the target. You know, what are we aiming for? Yeah. Uh, and uh, you have to do this in your ministry. You have to do this in your business. You know, you've you've been working with a lot of business leaders and simply getting them to figure out, wait, what is the target of your business? You know, what are you aiming at? What are you trying to hit? Yeah. And and that's hard to, hard to come up with sometimes. We well, don't know what we're shooting at. Well, you're an entrepreneur. You're the owner. There's a billion directions you can go. I mean, literally. And to say, okay, and you want to do it all because you see needs everywhere. Yeah. But to say, hey, I can't do it all. Yeah. I only can do one thing. What is the one thing I'm going to do? I, I well, love what Henry Cloud brought out mm -hmm. about the guy that took over a company. It was a successful company. They had, you know, uh, uh, net revenues, $20 million. And he took that to an $80 million company. Mm -hmm. But what he did mm -hmm. is he looked at all the product lines. He looked at the scope of that business. And he made a really tough decision. He, he canceled... I believe it was 80% of the of the company and started focusing on the 20% that he believed would take them to the next level of yeah. productivity. Now, yeah. most people look at that and go, oh my 
goodness, are you kidding me? Yeah. And yet he took that company from a $20 million company to an $80 million company yeah. by canceling 80% of what the company did. In other words, let's find our sweet spot. You know, and so in ministry, for instance, like at Living Stones, we have to figure out, we can't be all things to all people. Oh, that church down the street, they have a choir. Okay, we need to have a choir. Oh, that church down the street, they do they do this. They have this ministry. And sometimes you get into the, the competition or comparison yeah. game. And what you really need to say is, wait, who are we? What do we do well? Right. What has God called us to do? Let's not try to be the church down the street or the business down the street or keep up with the Joneses yeah. next door, right? Their kids are playing 18 sports. My kids need yeah, to play 18 sports. Yeah, and I need to get my too. kids involved. Yeah. No, who are you and what has God called you to do? And focus in on the, the 20% and get 80% results instead of focusing on 80% and wondering why you're getting 20% results. Right. Even our church, I'm trying to encourage um People, because we have great people who serve in so many different arenas. Yeah. I'm trying to encourage people to say, hey, how about you focus on a few arenas, but in these arenas, really give your focus. Right. Don't be spread so thin that yeah. you're no good for Or you. need to go home and focus on your family maybe a little bit first, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. So, so we, need to, we need to be ready in our lives. We need to do the hard work of preparation before we just jump into things. And yeah. some people, some people are, they, they operate on the basis of emotions. And they, they feel this, boom, they go that direction. They don't feel it, they stop, whatever. Don't don't be driven by your emotions. Do the hard work of preparation for success. And then aim, know where, know where you're going. Yeah. Delay gratification. Uh, things don't happen overnight. Keep pressing in. Believe that you're gonna see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Don't quit. Keep your, keep your target clear. Keep your focus on Jesus. And then lastly, uh, you got to, at some point, you got to fire the gun. You got to pull the trigger. Yeah. <laughs> pull the trigger. Yeah. Uh, and this is scary for people because some people are prepare, 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 yeah. over prepare, analyze everything. And, and that, that is a strength to a point, but that right. can become a weakness. Oh, absolutely. Some people are always analyzing and some people know what it is where they're going, but when it comes time to making that decision, to, to pulling the trigger, to signing the contract, to, to whatever it is, um, that's where they're paralyzed. Yeah. And um, so let's talk a little bit paralysis. about yeah. about firing. Um, yeah. What, what what are some of the points that he made? That I think are important. Well, I think the the, the biggest reason people don't even after all that preparation, all the mm -hmm. focus, they don't fire is because the the fear fears. Yeah. Fear of failure, fear of change. Yep. Um, and let me give an example. You know, this past year, 2020, of course, with the whole COVID template, uh, man, it was a year when the devil was stirring up fear all over the place. Uh, and uh, as a leadership team, and I encourage people to have a team to help you, again, cover your blind spots, make good decisions, look at look at everything from all the different angles. But you were part of this process. We brought our team together. Um uh, what are we sensing the Holy Spirit is saying? What should we do as, as the church? What's our target? Um, what things do we need to take into consideration as it re in regards to COVID, opening our church, on, on and on and on? Yeah. So we, we look at all that. We, we took everybody's feedback. We wanted to make sure we had no blind spots. But at the end of the day, mm -hmm. one of the biggest things that I think kept pastors from moving forward is fear because it was like, 
well, what if? Mm-hmm. What if we open the doors sure. and this happens? What what if what if the newspaper comes and attacks us? And what if what if they blame us? You know, we're going to be a super spreader if we open our doors. What yeah. what if somebody dies? I mean, th- there was so many of those unknown variables, and that's what they are. They're unknown variables because they're out in the future. You don't you don't yeah. know what's going to happen. Right. But at some point, you have to move forward. You have to make tough decisions. And you have to believe God and you have to move in faith. And and some people are just simply not willing to make the tough decision. And can I tell you, we've made some tough decisions. As a result, Living Stones has been more blessed than ever, uh, more growth than we've ever had. Um, But it came because our leadership team made the decision to be ready to aim and then to fire. You have to pull the trigger. And we just determined we're not going to close. We're going to stay open. We're going to keep loving people. We're going to keep trusting the Lord. um, And we're going to move forward. All of those represent uh, a willingness to face reality and to make tough decisions. Uh, And I am satisfied with the decisions that we've made. Uh, and I'm satisfied as we move forward that we're going to continue to move forward in faith and make good decisions. But sometimes good decisions are hard decisions. Yeah. Um, I think in, in staffing, you know, at, at your workplace, you know, sometimes you ask your team, hey, um, is so-and-so the right person for that position? And, you know, you begin to go, ah, but we don't want to we don't want to make the tough decision because maybe it'll hurt. We think it'll hurt their feelings. Yeah. Or we start dealing with the human side of things or the emotional side of things when really we're called to to make difficult decisions to make sure we have what's what's the right people in the right place at the right time. Right. How about this? For the betterment of the organization that you lead, you know, leadership always involves making hard decisions. Uh, whether you're leading your wife, whether you're leading your family at home and you're dealing with discipline situations. Um, I mean, leadership is hard, and some people simply don't produce results because they won't do what everybody around them knows they need to do because that decision is hard, and that decision might come with some fallout or whatever. Uh, But as good leaders, if you want to be effective, you've got to face reality. Sometimes it's a change that needs to be made in you. Sometimes it's a change that needs to be made in the people that are around you. Um, But nevertheless, at some point, You've studied the situation, you prayed about the situation, and now you need to pull the trigger. And that's where many people fail. They simply well won't pull the trigger because well of fear or whatever else. So this is huge. Well said. No, it's good. And and I think su- successful, mature people recognize that even when you fail, is a learning opportunity. So it's not really a failure. It might, you might have made a wrong decision, but you learn from, you grew from it. Yeah. So to be able to move forward, because if you feel like every time you fail, it ties into the deepest part of your identity, identity yeah. then you will never make any moves. Yeah, and I, I love the illustration in the book, and I know you do too. Um, Townsend says he was you know, in a group of people, and it was, a, it was a lot of parents, and they were saying, hey, if there's one thing you could impart to your children, if there's one mm-hmm. you know, skill or one perspective you know, that, that we as parents need to teach our kids, what would that be? And without hesitation, he said, uh, teach your kids to fail. To lose well, to fail well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, to, to fail. And then yeah. when they, when yeah. they fleshed yeah. it out, he, yeah. this is what he said. 
failure is the common denominator yeah. to life. Yeah. You're going to fail. Right. You're going to not always do it well. You're going to go, ah, man, a second thought, I wish I, I wish I would have taken the, the left-hand turn instead of the right-hand yeah. turn. You know, uh, every time you get up to home plate, you don't hit a home run. Sometimes you strike out. Right. Every ball that you field in life is not always successfully fielded. Sometimes it goes through your legs yeah. <laughs> and you have an error, right. you know. Uh, and, and golf, you know, we don't always hit perfect shots. In fact, in my golf game, if I can hit one shot out of a thousand, I'm happy. Yeah. Uh, the point is, in, in life, you're going to fail, and your kids are going to fail. And we have this mentality today where we want to shield our children from any fallout from failure. Instead of what you just said, mm -hmm. we should be teaching them how to respond well to yeah. failure. Talk yeah. about that a little bit. What, what do you mean, respond well to failure? How, how does one do that? What does it look like to respond well to failure? Well, it's a, it's a mega identity issue, okay? And and it's that when they fail, they are not a failure, okay? In fact, when you so fail... to fail doesn't mean you are a failure. You're a failure. In fact, failure is the only way we can grow and we can learn. I mean, I think I shared this on this podcast before we talked about the book Mindset. I just recently rehearse that with my son again as he's doing soccer for for the first time i yeah. said look look why do we fall so we can learn to grow you if you if you want to grow which is that that's what our family is about we're about growing you have to fail so we normalize no hear me out we normalize failure not in this sinful or carnal way right we right. normalize failure in a household because we have to fail. Now, we don't want to fail over and over again. We learn from mistakes. We don't mistakes. fail the same way same at way. the same, same thing. thing. Same yeah. thing, right. But it takes you for you to trip a few times for you to learn how to run correctly. And that's, I mean, I feel like as, as parents, that's a huge uh, task for us to help our kids understand that. It's like your job is not to be perfect. We don't even know what that means. Your job is to learn as much as possible. So, hey, if you want to try 20 things today, try 20 different moves, 20 different soccer moves, and you fail in all of them, great because now you just learn more than you possibly uh, uh, could have if you didn't try any of those. You just try one move, right. you know. And those are the mentality we got ingrained to our kids, but just everybody. I need more of that in my heart, you know. Yeah. No, that's good. And and in that way, failure is a gift to us. It's a gift, yes. Um, because we realize, wow, okay, I can learn to do this better. And if I learn to do it better, it's going to produce better success, better outcomes in my life across yeah. the board. You just and and if you if you if you make a move. You get accurate feedback, which is what we talked about last time. You face the reality, right? And you allow yourself to grow, grow which, you know, again, teaser for the next couple of characteristics <laughs> is oriented towards growth, facing the negative, and then having the transcendent. But but we're, we're, we're dabbing to a lot of that right now. But if you have all those characteristics, you cannot help but continually grow. So. You know, and you, you shared here, Romans 8, 28. All things um, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And all those things include even the painful seasons of life. You know, yeah. there's nothing beyond God's ability to redeem in our lives, including what we would consider failure. So, you know, if you've been divorced, uh, your first marriage uh, did not end well and you're divorced. Um the message of the gospel is not beat yourself up, you're a failure, you know, God doesn't love you. The message is, even through those most painful circumstances that we go through, maybe there's an infidelity, maybe there's financial bankruptcy, maybe you tried a business, it did not end well, and it, it failed. Um, that's not the end of the story with the Lord. God is a redeemer, God is a restorer. The worst thing that could happen is that we didn't learn anything 
from the divorce. We didn't learn anything from the bankruptcy. And we go and we repeat the same situations over. We keep blaming everybody. We have a complete lack of self-awareness. We have a complete lack of humility or brokenness. Yeah. Um, we, we have an inaccurate picture of reality because we won't face the things that led to the, you know, to our demise. But you're not a failure. You're not defined by that. Uh, and you don't have to keep repeating the same things over and over and over again. We can grow. We can be transformed. We can, we can experience marriage again only the way God intended it to be. If we'll allow Him to heal our hearts and teach us to be different people, that's the, the good news of the gospel. Is that God even redeems and restores the most painful aspects of our, of our character, of stories from our lives, our history, our past. Uh, are present. God can step in there and help you to be a person of integrity. He can grow you through that process Amen. if you'll be flexible and Amen. you'll keep learning. Uh, but you do have to fire. You do have to pull the trigger. You do have to step out in faith. You have to be willing to do things differently. You have to be willing to explore the painful areas. You know That's why, again, I encourage you, if you're not part of a local church, find a good one. If you're in, in Crown Point or in the Northwest Indiana area, uh, and you're looking for a church, we'd love to invite you out to join us. This is this is what we do. We have so many ministries that focus on dealing with the painful realities of our past so that we can be free to move into a, a preferred and better future that the Lord has for us. But it won't happen until you face reality, and it won't happen until um, you begin to, uh, you know, Ready aim fire. You've got to have you've got to have focus on where you want to be and how you want to get there. And the church is a big part of that. So, amen. Any amen. final hurrahs on on this today? No, Some you, good stuff here. You guys gotta um, come back for our next couple of um, characteristics or traits integrity. It's gonna be good. Yeah, we'll do this for a couple more weeks. Yeah. And like I say, if we can help you in any way, don't hesitate to give us a call here. Uh, but get plugged in. I really encourage you. Get plugged in. Get some good friends around your life. Uh, uh, and uh, and realize your best days are ahead of you. We really believe that in Christ, our best days are ahead of us, not behind us. Uh, so no matter where you're at, let's go. Let the, let the Lord pick you up uh, and let's move forward in our lives, all right? Please, uh, if you know people that could really benefit from this, I would encourage you to share these podcasts. Uh, we really enjoy being with you. We love to hear the feedback. Uh, help us spread the word. And as always, we are absolutely committed to your success uh, so we hope this has been a part of that success journey for you today. Have a great week, and we'll look forward to getting back with you next Thursday morning when these podcasts uh, air, and we hope you'll uh, enjoy it. All right, have a great week. Bye-bye.